faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Slick Bailey, lieutenant of Biggie Conroy, the racketeer, drives a car filled with rough-looking men through the Blue Hills on an errand which bodes ill for Clark Kent, who is Superman. Where are we going, Slick? We're going to pay a little call on a guy named Clark Kent. What for? Well, Biggie Conroy's got an idea Kent is somebody else, see? So we're going to check up on him. Yeah? Well, who does Biggie think Kent is? That's a secret, Danny. But if Biggie is right, we'll be able to light our cigars with thousand-dollar bills and get away with murder. Boys and girls, the life of an expert helicopter pilot is all too often a chilly one, outlined in ice, blizzards, and knifing winds. So when Lieutenant Dave Gershowitz of the United States Coast Guard was told that his new assignment was in the South, his happy smile became as warm as the sun he was anticipating. Visions of palm trees and bathing beauties floated through the famous pilot's head as he asked his commanding officer, How far south do I go, Skipper? Plenty far, was the answer. To North Carolina, and then on to the South Pole with Admiral Byrd. What, exploded Gershowitz? I was thinking of Florida. But I wasn't, laughed his commander. Byrd wants to try helicopters for polar flights in Little America and ask me for my best man. You're it. Good luck, Dave. And that is how Lieutenant Dave Gershowitz found himself aboard the Coast Guard cutter North Wind. To get to the frozen wastes of Little America, it was necessary to penetrate the ice packs, and that was where the helicopters came in. Day after day, on 24-hour duty, three pilots took off in turn. Through a blanket of fog over jagged ice, they flew ahead of the caravan of ships, seeking narrow passages through the ice that would make safe steering for the following ships. Yes, Lieutenant Gershowitz was finally in the south, in fact, the most southerly part of the world. And he lived and froze there all through the Antarctic summer, while the temperature ranged from 29 below to 15 above. So, gang, hats off to the brave helicopter pilots whose daring contributed so much to the success of the bird expedition. And now, the adventures of Superman. Having reason to suspect that reporter Clark Kent is really Superman, a big-time racketeer named Piggy Conroy set out to prove it, realizing he could make a fortune from the underworld if he was right. But Kent sensed what was going on and narrowly avoided several traps which Conroy set for him. Aware, however, that he might be exposed eventually, he put into effect a plan of his own. And that afternoon, Conroy read in the papers that Kent had been seriously injured in an automobile accident and was near death in a small upstate village. Suspicious that Kent was faking, 
In order to convince him he was not Superman, Conroy sent a squad of tough henchmen to seize the reporter and bring him to the racketeer's headquarters. Then, Conroy said, he could definitely prove whether or not Kent and Superman were one and the same person. Now, heavily bandaged from head to toe, Kent lies in a room in the home of a Dr. McIntosh in the tiny village of Clifftown. He looks up eagerly as the famous Batman in his guise of Bruce Wayne enters the room. Well, Bruce... So far, so good, Clark. Good. I had a tough time getting rid of your friends Perry White, Lois Lane, and Jim Olson. Uh-oh. Especially White. He wanted to get every medical specialist in the country out here. Yeah, he would. Sorry we can't tell them the truth and stop them from worrying about me. We can't tell anybody if we're to put this over. Oh, I know, I know. Now, look, uh, are you sure we can trust Dr. McIntosh not to spill the beans, Clark? Oh, positive. You see, I was able to do him a good turn one time, and he appreciates it. That's why I arranged this little show up here. I see. Uh, What about the publicity? How's that going? Swell. You made page one on every Metropolis paper. And most of the radio news broadcasts reported your accident. Good. Well, then Mr. Bailey and his crowd, whoever they are, should know about it by now. Oh, I'm sure they do. Now, if only they fall for it. Don't worry, Clark. They will. All the reports say you're near death. So you can't be Superman. Well, that's just what I want them to say. Clark, I really take my hat off to you. This was really a clever stunt. Thanks, but that fellow Bailey, or whoever's behind him, is pretty clever too, Bruce. They almost had the goods on me a couple of times. Don't I know it. But I'm sure you've lost them for good this time. I hope so. Oh, say, look, you and Robin are going to stick around here, aren't you? Naturally. Good. I'd feel better if you had some more support, though. More support? Yeah. What for? Well, just in case friend Bailey gets any bright ideas and comes sashaying up here. Oh, he won't bother. Well, maybe. But I'd still feel better if you and Robin had a few husky police officers behind you because you know I can't lend a hand without giving the show away. Forget it, Clark. In the first place, the police force in this village consists of one constable, age about 75. Uh Uh-oh. And in the second place, if we called in reinforcements from outside, said reinforcements would naturally ask questions. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Questions we don't care to answer. Check. So just relax, Chum. No. I say Bailey and company won't show up. But if they should, well, Robin and I aren't exactly pushovers, you know. Oh, I know, I know, but... I uh... tell you, forget it, Clark. Everything's going to be okay. Just relax. Well... I'm going outside and join Robin now. I'll see you later. I mean, Dick. Dick, where are you? Easy, Bruce. What's up? Where are you? Over here, on the driveway. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see you. Come on over here. Watch it. What gives, Dick? Maybe something, maybe nothing. What does that mean? A car passed here twice in the last few minutes. Each time it slowed down to a walk in front of this house, and the boys looked the place over. What boys? Gorillas in the car. Couldn't see too clearly, but there seemed to be a bunch of them. Well, where's the car now? It went on down the street. Wait. I think that's it coming back. Yes, yes, it, it had yellow fog lamps. Yeah, yeah, this car has two. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, it's stopping in front of the house. Yeah, looks as if we're going to get company, Bruce. Could be. Quick, strip down to your Robin costume. Yeah. Just in case they spell trouble. My idea, exactly. Yeah, stay behind these bushes. All right. Here they come. Oh, brother, count them. 
Lucky seven. Big boys, too. Well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Well, here they come. You all set, Robin? All set, Batman. Now, what do we do? Sail in first and ask questions later? Oh, no. They may be just coming to see Dr. McIntosh, you know. Oh, all seven of them? Well, uh-oh. Look who's with them. Somebody you know? Yeah, that skinny fellow. He's Bailey, the phony painting contractor. Now I know this is trouble, Robin. Okay, what are we waiting for? Oh, just a minute. Looking for somebody, gentlemen? Huh? How are you? The doctor's secretary. The doctor is out this evening. Any messages for him? Just two guys. Go get him, boys. Okay. Up and at him, Robin. I'm right with you, puppy. Hello, sweetheart. Have a little messy. Try this. Oh, naughty, naughty. You're chinish. What's going, Robin? What's the birdie? Uh, at a boy, Batman. Two down, five, like Keep uh, swinging, Robin. What's the matter with you guys? Danny, you know what to do. Okay. Where are you going, big boy? Uh, Robin, look out behind you. He's got a blackjack. Where is it? Oh, there. Red, I'll fix you for that. Now, Danny, now. Okay, swing. Ah, nice going, Danny. Thanks. Takes care of both of them. Slugged by blackjacks, Batman and Robin fall to the dark, trampled lawn, unconscious. With Superman seemingly unable to help them, what will happen now? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening. Gang, I'm sure a lot of you have been saying, I don't believe in prejudice and discrimination, but what can I do to fight it? That's a pretty important question, because prejudice can only be beaten if we all get in there and fight. So here are some suggestions as to what you can do in your town. First of all, get a bunch of your friends together, those who feel the same way you do about fighting prejudice, and organize a campaign. Enlist the support of your community to back your plan. Clergymen, parent-teacher organizations, youth councils, and newspapers are only a few of the groups that will probably be glad to give you help. Then you swing into action. A lot depends upon what part of the country you live in. But here are some examples of specific things you can do. If a popular soda fountain or candy store doesn't serve Negroes or Mexicans or Japanese Americans, or does so very ungraciously, have a talk with the proprietor. Tell him how your crowd and the townspeople backing you feel about his discrimination. He's very apt to make some changes mighty quick. Then do everything possible to get players on your team solely on the basis of whether or not they are good athletes and good sports, regardless of race, creed, or color. What's more, see to it that anybody on the team who looks down his nose at someone else's race, religion, or ancestry just takes a walk. Because that kind of a guy, though he may be a good athlete, doesn't make the grade as a good sport. The important thing, gang, is to get together and start the ball rolling. Give it that first push, just one push, and you'll find that prejudice will be bowled over. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Engaging in a furious fight with Slick Bailey and half a dozen husky toughs on the lawn before Dr. McIntosh's house, Batman and Robin were slugged with blackjacks and knocked out. As we join them now, they are just regaining consciousness on the dark, otherwise deserted lawn. Robin. Robin. Oh, oh. Is that you, Batman? Yeah. Yeah, 
you all right? Oh, I guess so. Except my head feels like a pumpkin with pinwheels going around inside. What happened? We were in a fight. Don't you remember? Oh, yes. Bailey and his gorillas. Hey, what happened to them? I guess, I guess they're gone. Oh, boy, was I a dope for getting in the way of a blackjack. Yeah, me too. Holy smokes. What, Batman? Up on your feet, chum. Hurry. Oh, my head. What's the matter? Did our friends come back? No, but I just remembered. Clark. Who? Clark Kent. We left him inside the house. Come on. Here's Kent's room, Robin. Well, hurry up, Batman. Open the door. Okay. Hey. The room is dark. Clark. Clark! Where's the light switch? It should be on this wall. Yeah, here. Here, I've got it. Great snakes! What the... Kent's gone, Robin. He's gone. But... But, but where? Bailey and his gang must have taken him away with them. Cheapers. And if I'm right, Robin, I'm afraid this is the end of Superman. Dismayed. Batman stares at the empty bed, where Clark Kent had lain wrapped in bandages, unable to come to the aid of his friends, or even to escape without revealing that he is Superman. Has Kent been taken away by Slick Bailey and his followers, as ordered by Biggie Conroy? And will the cunning racketeer now be able to prove what he suspects, that Kent and Superman are one and the same person? What will happen? The moment has never been more tense, gang, so be sure to listen tomorrow. Yes, don't forget to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 15 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom X and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, Batman and Robin aren't exactly pushovers, but in this story they are pretty close. And Biggie does show himself to be a very logical and methodical villain. Oftentimes, villains are thrown off the trail by a somewhat puerile ruse, uh, and they ignore the chain of evidence that got them there. But he's uh, relentlessly logical here and knows what's been established. And I imagine if this were not to work out, he would probably, uh, he would hopefully go back over some of his other assumptions, particularly the idea that Superman lives alone. But checking Kent out in person is a smart idea. So it's interesting to see a crook operating with uh, some brains here. 
Okay, that will do it for today. Uh, join us back here hopefully on Sunday as we bring you uh, part 15. In the meantime, send your comments to adam at adamsweb.us and be sure and vote for the show on iTunes. But uh, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.